0: Alhamdulillah Sarah Al Rasulullah. And Adab al Mufrad is written by Imam al Bukhari, the author of Sahih al Bukhari, and he collected in this book exclusively hadith which aid in the training of the self and the heart and remembrance and things like that. But he also included weak hadith along with strong hadith. And the book we're using is uh, two people worked on it. First of all, Sheikh Nasruddin al-Bani excluded all the weak narrations and left only the strong narrations. And then the author of this book uh, placed the commentary upon them, making a very, very nice book, which I don't think is in English, but hopefully it will be one day. I'm not taking every page in the book. I'm just go through 10 or 20 narrations and find one that I think is good to use. So, we'll probably be doing this for, I don't know, six, eight months or so. At least three volumes, the book itself. And uh, we're just taking selected narrations from it. The price on the book? In Arabic? The book, I I think it was about $30, $40, something like that. Not not a lot. they got a nice bookstore in Orange County now with all kinds of books. Anyway, this chapter is called uh, Children Are a Source of Peace. And you've heard this, I'm sure, as you read the Quran translated coolness of the eyes, it's a hard expression to translate, but here I'm using peace and I guess other translations, but uh, the chapter heading is that children are qurrat ayn, they are coolness of the eyes, they are source of peace. This is a very interesting narration, listen carefully. It's really long, so I'm just doing it in English, it's not going to trouble you with the Arabic, and might make it hard to pay attention. Jubair Ibn Nufair said, we sat with Al-Miqdad Ibn Al-Aswad one day. Al-Miqdad Ibn Al-Aswad is a Sahabi, and he is counted among the fuqaha of the Sahaba, among the scholars of the Sahaba, who, you know, probably were about 60 or 70 or something like that. So he was one of the most knowledgeable among the Sahaba. A man passed by and said, How wonderful for these eyes. Now that, that expression is tuba, lihatainil Aynayn. Tuba is, uh, it's hard to translate also. I'm translating it, how wonderful for. Or, you know, sometimes it translates glad tidings. But this is the best I can do here. For these eyes, he's looking at Al-Miqdad. How wonderful for these eyes which saw Allah's messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam)! By Allah, I wish that I had seen what they have seen and witnessed. And witnessed what they have witnessed. Al-Miqdad became angry by this remark. And this amazed me, me being the narrator, Jubair, Jubair ibn Mufair. So he said, when this man said this, he could see that Al-Miqdad was angry and he was surprised and he said to himself it seemed like he didn't say anything but something good what did the man intend who, saw that? who said that he intent a compliment a and love for Rasulullah and love for the companions of Rasulullah and uh, remembering the time of the Prophet Sallallahu and yet Al-Muqdad the scholar of the Sahaba was angry at hearing this comment let's find out why he Al-Muqdad approached the man and said to him what would possess a man to wish for a time and place which Allah has kept from him. He doesn't know how he would have been had he been among those who witnessed it. By Allah, people attended and were present with Allah's messenger who Allah cast on their noses in the hellfire. They neither obeyed Him nor believed in Him. Are we getting why Al-Maklad was angry at the remark? Should you not thank Allah, Azza wa Jalla? that he brought you forth not knowing anything but your Lord, believing in that which was brought by his messenger. So, is telling him, why would you wish to be in the time of the Sahaba when the people were on shirk and the Prophet caves, and some people were guided and some people were not and the hujah, the argument was established against them and they will be in hellfire with nothing to say and you don't know which group you would have been in. You should thank Allah that you were born in the tabi'in there's nothing but Allah. Everybody around you is Muslim. You're just born here, and here it is. You didn't face those trials. Other than yourselves, have taken on the trials in your place. You didn't have to face those trials, uh, picking between shirk and iman. You just got born into iman. Nothing around you but Muslims. By Allah, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi was sent in a more severe situation than any other prophet. And prophets were sent in some tough times. Remember what Abdullah had taught us about Isa's time. Now, Isa was running from town to town with his mother in fear of the Romans and the rebellious Jews who wanted to kill him. And yet, this muqdad said that the Prophet Wasallam was in the worst situation of any prophet. In a time of no message. In a big gap between messengers. When people had no remembrance of a message from Allah Taala, And great ignorance. jahiliya. They could not see any religion is better than worshipping idols. That was religion to them. Then the Prophet ﷺ brought the criterion which separated truth from falsehood and it separated a father from his child such that a man would see his father, his son or his brother a disbeliever after Allah subhanahu wa taala had removed the locks from his own heart and given him faith. Imagine that. Picture this Babi telling this Sabbath. What are you talking about? You live in a time when everyone's a Muslim and you yearn for a time when a man would have to look at the dearest person to him on this earth and understand that he's a kafir, and understand that if he dies in that condition, Allah's going to throw him in the fire. And you wish the, for those times instead of the times that you're in? Knowing that if this one dies, they will enter the fire. He could find little peace or pleasure knowing that his beloved is headed for the fire. This is the very thing about which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Those who say O our Lord give us in our wives and our descendants coolness of the eye and make us leaders for the people of Piety. who believe and obey Allah. So that's going to be explained right here. Uh, it's raised right here. Furqan 74. Tuba li. The man said, Tuba liha tainil aine. Uh How wonderful for these two eyes. Translated above as, how wonderful for. Derives from the word ta- the word Taba for good. In the hadith, it says, Tuba is a tree in paradise whose width is 100 years travel the clothing of the people of paradise grows from its pods, And this hadith is relatively good. It's what we call li لِغَيْرِهِ It means there's a bunch of narrations, all of which have problems, but when you add them up, it seems to be a valid hadith. Number one, leaving the knowledge of the unseen to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what the companion was reminding the tabi'i of. When he said, why would you want to wish for something that Allah chose for you not to be in? Okay? One should not wish for something not decreed for them by Allah in light of the fact that one cannot know how they would have been in that situation or what it would have meant to them. Two, gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessing of Islam and belief in Him most High. Belief in Allah is not a favor we do to Allah. It is a huge blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us. And we should be even more grateful if we can look around, we can come out of our house and look left and right, we can wake up in the morning and see Muslims and Masajid and and, and, and belief everywhere and not wish for something rougher than that. Not all division is blameworthy and not all unity is praiseworthy. Important point there. All right? Unity upon tawhid is praiseworthy. Unity upon compromise may not be. Four, Asking Allah for pleasure, qurratah ayin, coolness of eyes, from one's wives and descendants means for them to be believers and to be in obedience to Allah. It doesn't mean for them to be handsome or beautiful or or wealthy or or something like that because al Hassan was asked about this verse and he said, For Allah to show a believer obedience to Allah in his wife, brother, children, and dear friend. know by Allah there is nothing which gives greater pleasure to a Muslim than seeing his son Grandson, brother, or friend, in obedience to a loss of ta'ala. is the ultimate pleasure of a true believer, is to see someone on belief and piety. Five, the love and reverence of the Tabi'in for the companions. The man didn't want to make his that angry. He was thought he was saying something very kind and very nice about it. <coughs> I'm going to get to that. <coughs> al miqdad ibn al was among the fuqaha of the companions, among the several dozen who were regarded as scholars and those who gave fatwa and those whose opinions bore great weight. Seven, the teacher can and should condemn the approach of a learner, even if that learner is well-intentioned, if that is what it takes to make the truth clear. This is an important lesson. You will find it in many books. And this is one of the things that, that we lack very often as new Muslims and Muslims in this country. That most, most of us, if we were treated like this or a fourth of this, we'd be offended, we'd talk about the teacher behind his back, and we'd never be in that masjid again. Go another way. And that's wrong. Because someone may be harsh with you for a reason. And if they're teaching you, they're probably harsh with you for a reason. And even if they're mistaken. If they're your teacher, you still have to go with that. That's how we stick together. That's how we learn. All right? The the early generation, none of them learned from books. In fact, they, they, regarded, they did not regard that as knowledge. All right? Knowledge was only what a sheikh imparted to a student. And it went on like that. But that's one of the many things that we've lost from the original fitra of Islam. Eight, among the dua of the believers is to ask for piety as a as a source of peace and pleasure in his family and descendants, alhamdulillah. And this is a du'a that Sunnah to make also at the Hajj and when going around the Ka'aba, give give me and my wife and descendants uh, coolness of the eyes and make me a leader or an imam for the people of piety. I think we have yeah, fourteen minutes, we can finish the second one inshallah. So that's that that hadith. Any question or comment about what we just went through? No, make for me a coolness of the eyes in my wife, wives, and my descendants. Which means make them believers and obedient to Allah Taala, because that is the pleasure of a believer to see that. Okay, next narration. From Anas who said, I was with the Prophet Sallallahu one day. Not on day, one day. There was no one present but myself, my mother, and Umm Haram, my maternal aunt. The Prophet wa sallam, entered the room and said to us, "Should I not pray with you?" MashaAllah. We don't want to violate the first Hadith. Do don't you wish you could see something like that? This was not the time. <laughs> this was not the time of any of the five prayers. A man asked. This is during the process of narration. Somewhere in the process of narration, somebody asked, "Where did he have understanding in relation to himself?" Get, get, get what's happening here, okay? The narrator is telling the story about three people making salah with the Prophet. But the Muslims were so fastidious about understanding everything about the Deen, this guy's a little bit off on a tangent. He's not paying attention to, oh here's the Prophet making prayer with you, what happened next? He said, Oh, but where did the second guy stand? Because there's only two men. There's the Prophet, and there's Anas, and there's two women. So he wanted to know right away, so, okay, where did he put Anas? And he told me he put him on his right. <laughs> yeah. When there's only two men, it's the imam, and then the other guy on, on his right. Yeah, we do that. Okay. He said he placed Anas at his right side, and then he prayed with us. Then he made dua for us, all the people of the household, and asked for us every good in this life and the hereafter. MashaAllah. Then my mother said, O messenger of Allah, your little servant. Speaking about her son. didn't Arabic like Spanish. Servant. Yeah. Arabic, like Spanish, has a way of, has what they call, a I forgot what they call it, in diminutive, I think they call it. Like uh, when you say uh, uh, chico, chiquito, chica, chiquita, All right. it, it's used different ways. It can mean small, it can also be affectionate. the exact same thing in Arabic. You can use, the, they have a, a form of a noun which means small, it's exactly like chiquita, and it's used exactly the same way, either for affection or actually literally for small. Either one, right? No, it'd be miita. It would be the this is what I'm talking about. Miha is just that's a regular word, but miita it would be the small one. and they use, they use that too. No, it's hard to express small meaning less in size. Not means a little bit, but it's mostly used affectionately, not literally to mean small. All right. So anyway, she said Dimek. This is your little servant. Speaking about, Anas was a small boy at the time. He really was small. But he say, he took, she took the word khadim, which means servant, and turned it into khowaydim. And she said, she's drawing attention to her son, Anas. And she said, Your little servant, ask Allah for him. She's asking the. She, he already made the law for everybody in the house. And the mother now, who's she thinking about? Not herself. Not herself. She's thinking about her son. Say, Rasulullah, this is your little servant, my, my darling son, make a dua for him. So the Prophet ﷺ made dua for me, the end of which was, he didn't bother us with the whole dua made by the Prophet, but he told us the ending of it. Oh Allah, increase his wealth and his children and bless him therein. And it said about this, my daughter informed me that I had over 90 children. And he didn't even know I many children his daughter had to tell him. <laughs> That's pretty interesting right. And there was no one among the Ansar wealthier than I. After the du'a of the Prophet Wasallam, the Prophet ﷺ asked Allah, give him many children and much wealth. He had so many children, he had to, his daughter had to tell him how many he had. This is a companion, Anas. Anas ibn Malik. Alright? He had 90 children, and he was the wealthiest of all the Ansar. Then he said to Thabit, Thabit was his friend for 40 years. They were off high for 40 years. He said to his friend Thabit, O Thabit, I now possess no gold or silver except this ring. This was a companion of Rasulullah and he was the wealthiest of the Ansar. Can you imagine where all that wealth went? Salah. Without a doubt. So Allah thought that a with more wealth than anybody else and he spent it. What did the, what did the Prophet say about envy? No envy except in two things. One who Allah sent that game. One of them is Allah gave him wealth, and he just kept on destroying it in the path of Allah, kept on using it up in the path of Allah, and this is Anas, the wealthiest of all the unsolved. And forty years later, he's talking to his buddy Zabit and said "I got nothing left but this ring from being the wealthiest man." Another narration suggests that his children may have been over a hundred and twenty. I don't know how many wives he had. But that's a lot of kids. <laughs> Number one, (laughs) making du'a for wealth and children is legitimate. I mean, mostly we ask Allah s.a.w. for paradise and for obedience. And and we don't want to ask only for things of this life as we know, because Allah s.a.w. said some people just ask for this life and have no share in the hereafter. But when you you include everything, it's perfectly legitimate to make du'a to Allah for yourself or for others, uh, for abundant wealth and children. Two, children and wealth are among the bounties of Allah and something good, as long as Allah is obeyed therein. All right? So if a person feels that they're going to fall short if they have children, they might not raise them correctly, they might not teach them Islam, they might turn them away from Islam even. In their case, they better not want to have children. They better ask Allah to protect me from this fitna, if someone knows that about themselves. But wealth and children are a blessing, as long as Allah Subhanahu Taala is obeyed there. Either one of them can be a curse <clears throat> if one falls into disobedience. Some people are poor and they're pious Muslims. They get wealth, and all of a sudden, you know, they're off the deep end. Well, that's not what I'm referring to. I mean, I, but I, and I'm not talking about killing anybody, and I'm not talking about. Anything like that. But I'm saying a per- if a person felt in themselves that that children would be a fitna for them. Oh, hold on a second. If a person felt that children would be a fitna he might not obey Allah with regard to them or fulfill his obligations, then it shouldn't be something he wishes for. Yes. No. Three. The reality of Allah's response to the Prophet's dua for others. Prophet made one little dua for this young boy that Allah bless him with wealth and property and he had 120 children and more wealth than anybody else. Four, when there are only two males in a congregational prayer, the second one stands on the right side of the imam. Alhamdulillah, that's been preserved for us. Uh, Five, making dua for one to be blessed with wealth and children does not contradict the true good of the hereafter. But of course the best dua of all is the one we make on Hajj all the time. O Allah our Lord give us in this life all that is good and in the hereafter all that is good and protect us from the punishment of the fire that includes everything there's nothing else to ask for actually. six the imam should visit the citizens and be concerned with their welfare and be in touch with them. seven a parent prefers his or her children over himself especially a mother Want the parents must want the best for their children, over and above themselves. You see this in some of the, you know, corrupted people, like in this society. We see a, you know, mother competing with her daughter for the same man, or some hor- horrible thing like that. But the fitrah of a believer is that a parent would want more for their children even than they would want for themselves. Not be in comp- not be in competition, you know, with their children. A, be polite and humble in asking, because the mother of Anis use that word your little servant please make a dua for him especially alright 9 speaking of the generosity of Allah and the miracles of the Prophet reminding one another of the great favors of Allah and that his Prophet had an answered dua and many miracles manifested throughout his life and after his life inshallah we'll stop for a couple of minutes and come back with the uh, in a moment with me As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah